Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Cabinet has approved legislation for a directly elected mayor for Limerick. People of Limerick voted for this in 2019 and at the time the proposals for directly elected mayors in Cork and Waterford were rejected. But what does yesterday's news mean for you? How will it shape the future of the city and county? To give us more insight on this, we're joined in the studio by the Minister of State with Responsibility for Local Government and Planning, Pepti Kieran O'Donnell. Good morning, Gillian. Good. Well, this is big news and uh, I know our newsroom has been pestering you (laughs) since you were appointed as Minister um, to try and get updates on this and you've been very patient with us and uh, we weren't weren't sure that it would get over the line before the summer but you've managed to do it. So I suppose, uh, firstly, it's uh, another great news day for Limerick following on uh, our triumphant uh, Limerick All-Ireland Hurling Champions uh, who really have been leading the way on on the, the field of play and certainly, I think Limerick is leading the play here, uh, play here again, leading the way here again, in terms of having the first director to mayor in Ireland. We have people voted by plebiscite back in two thousand nineteen. Uh, we committed to uh, bringing through the legislation, having an election. When I was appointed as Minister of State in the Department of Housing, the Taoiseach, when I met him, uh, one of the priorities was was to um, bring the legislation through. Uh, I gave a commitment that we'd publish the legislation by the summer. Uh, we've just about made it, but we have made it. Uh, so Cabinet uh, yesterday, uh, lunchtime, agreed uh, two key aspects. One, uh, to publish the legislation. The legislation now will, uh, I will be bringing it before both houses of the Oireachtas, the Dáil and the Shannad. And I'd hope to do that early autumn and have the legislation finalised. Then that would be signed into law by the President, Michael Lee Higgins. And secondly, uh, they have confirmed a date for the election itself of the direct elected mayor on the same day as the European elections, uh, which Europe has already indicated those respective dates for individual countries. They can hold it between the 6th of June and the 9th of June. And the local elections are are held on the same day as the um, MEP European elections as well. So... And isn't it likely that we'll have a referendum there on that date as well? Well, that'll be a decision for government, right? Um, The government have now given... We now have certainty uh, in Limerick that a direct elected mayor election will be going ahead. Why are you going for the same date as the local elections? I think it was a cabinet decision. Okay. uh, But I think, uh, you know, that thinking would have been around a number of key elements. One, uh, we had committed to holding that the the election for the elected mayor in the province of government stated before the end of 2021, however, COVID intervened. Yeah. Um, certainly the commitment was that it would be held before the next local elections. We are holding it on the same day for practicality reasons. Uh, but you, you understand this opposition to that as well, because there's absolutely. the potential that there's councillors who might have wanted to run for this role. You can't run for both, so you lose your opportunity. You can run, you can run for both. So there's nothing to stop a councillor running for both okay. on the same day. Right. Uh, that that's that's, but I do understand. I had a very very detailed engagement with councillors oh, yesterday. What if they get elected for both? They what have to, to they have to uh, resign from. They have to basically forego one or, okay. or the other. So the option is there, and for practical reasons that, um, 
voter turnout, the cost, uh, a standard own election would cost of the order of about 400,000 euro. If you hold it just before, it, it will also maybe overshadow the local election you've held it directly after the same. So for practical reasons and more, I suppose, looking at voters um, and in terms of turnout, Cabinet, I think, went for uh, the next uh, election. Cabinet understands um, that there's going to be some opposition to that decision? Yes, yeah. I would absolutely. But that's Cabinet have to make decisions. Mm. Uh, I think what they wanted to do really was to give certainty to the people of Limerick that the election was going ahead. Okay. And the election is going ahead. And the key elements now are, and I, I fully understand where councillors are coming from. Uh, I met with them at length yesterday, so we went through yeah. it in great And depth. I would imagine that was a fairly heated meeting. No, I would say, no, I would think it was a very frank, uh, very uh, open, constructive engagement. Okay. That's, uh, well, very detailed. We met for about two and a half hours. So my priority yesterday was uh, the first people I wanted to brief were the councillors uh, and in-depth and the Oireachtas members because uh, councillors, uh, I value the work they do. I was a councillor myself in Limerick City and County Council, the old Limerick County Council. Um, they're colleagues of mine. So I wanted to, to brief them in-depth. The decision was made at... Uh, I got the news on the decision at half one and I really wanted to have an engagement almost immediately. So as as physically, logistically, the, the, as, as quickly as that could happen, we, we had that engagement. I'll have further engagement with the councillors um, in September uh, in terms of the leg- before the legislation okay. is coming forward. So let's get into it, you know, this role, because the controversy has been whether this new directly elected mayor would have the powers that were initially envisaged. Can mm. you tell us what kind of powers is this new mayor going to have? I suppose just to give context, uh, Gillian, the government uh, uh, of the day uh, asked uh, Tim O'Connor and his group, the, uh, the implementation group, um, they were the advisory implementation group, people who know him as the IAG group, to come up with, uh, uh, do a report on what they believe should be in uh, the legislation for a direct elected mayor for Limerick. In terms of the the structures, um, almost uh, we've taken all the recommendations. So I suppose to give it a, a, a number of things. One, the mayor will be will have an office of five staff. The mayor will be um, paid the equivalent of a salary of minister for state. They will have. Uh, an, an advisor, and then there will an additional four staff within the council. The state will fund the cost of that that um, uh, office for the mayor. S- secondly, uh, the existing council, in terms of their powers, in terms of their reserve functions, stay as they are. In terms, of the councillors will be responsible for passing the annual budget, but the mayor will take over many of the executive functions that are currently held by the CEO. Uh, and furthermore, within the council, uh, the mayor I and mean, some of the of a lot of and the roles taken over by the current mayor. Um, in terms of the operation of the chamber, there will now be a speaker and a deputy speaker, which was a recommendation of the IAG report. Uh, the mayor will not chair those meetings, but the mayor will attend those meetings. And the key features are then is the mayor will have their own budget, uh, which they can then bring. Um, they they'll, they will have three main structures. They will have um, they will have statutory powers 
to bring together all the stakeholders in the region. It's going to be called a mayoral consultative advisory okay. forum okay. where they can come up with their plan. They will then bring that their, their mayoral programme to the council for their for consultation with them and then they will implement that. Um, okay, I, I, I want to try and translate this for yeah. an ordinary person who doesn't know an awful lot about how local government works. It doesn't really want to know. Yeah. What they do want to know is whether they can get to work on time. Yeah. And for the last, I don't know how many years, <laughs> it's a couple of years, where they've been working on O'Connell Street, that's been a major problem. Yeah. So I want to take an example of a project like that, okay? Yeah. And you, ha- you now have a directly elected mayor. One major difference is if you have a project that will be done in Limerick, that the mayor has powers over, and it's questionable whether they'd have powers over a project like that because mm. you have the NTA involved and all that sort of thing. And um, The one major difference here is if people aren't happy with the project, they can vote that guy, guy or girl, out. Yeah, but even apart from that, in the legislation, I have a specific section on uh, a transportation delivery uh, group, statutory group, mm. which the, the mayor will chair with all the, the stakeholders involved, the TIIs and the the, the NTAs uh, on that. He can bring anyone he wishes onto that. So what we are giving here is the mayor statutory powers to bring in all the stakeholders in the region um, to basically drive projects. Furthermore, there is now going to be a, a forum, a, a mayor government consultant, where the mayor will, will, will have a session at least twice a year, and many other, if he wants, if she wants further meetings with the ministers in government. And then they have, I have one other uh, board, which is they're chairing uh, uh, all a project delivery board, all the infrastructural projects. They will meet the minister for um, nas- the public expenditure reform, who's responsible for all uh, infrastructural projects at least once a year. So what, for the first time we have here, is we have a directly elected mayor with statutory powers to bring together all the stakeholders for any uh, in the region on any particular issue and furthermore has statutory uh, within legislation statutory powers to uh, have meetings with government on whatever issue relates to Limerick. So I see the role as being a champion. Um, they have the mandate from the public in terms of being elected they have the means in, turn, in that they will be getting their own budget f- directly from government and they have the structures in which to be able okay. to deliver on it. So it's it's very exciting. It's something completely new. It hasn't. This is the first elected mayor in Ireland uh, ever and Limerick is very much leading the way and I suppose this uh, we want to attract someone, candidates to run for this, yeah, will we'll, make a difference. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. This budget that you mentioned, do we know how big it's going to be? Well, the the implementation uh, report, Tim O'Connor's group, they made a recommendation of around uh, 8.25 million per annum to be provided from the exchequer funds to the mayor on an annual basis. That would be uh, well over 40 million over their, their five-year uh, term. Um I'm looking, we're already in discussions and I've put that proposal to the Cabinet which they've agreed yesterday. We're already in discussions with the Department of Public Centre Reform for a figure around that that level. So what we want is that will come directly to the Mayor. That Mayor will, obviously whoever, when they run as candidates, they'll be putting forward their programme based on what that budget is uh, amongst other things and then 
they'll, they will have the legal structures in which to be able to implement uh, their programme. So this is uh, something that we haven't seen before. I think for Limerick, we now have uh, will be a, uh, someone will be democratically elected by the people to represent them on both a local, national, and more particularly an international stage. Um, like the election goes ahead next year, we've a mayor instituted directly elected. When we're even looking, we'll say um, outside, and in terms of how people would perceive Limerick, we'll stand out. We'll stand out in terms of being uh, very much ahead of every other city in Ireland uh, it's something that's the norm elsewhere in Europe and the world so when people are coming to visit Ireland be it in terms of business tourism okay. they will see that Limerick has a direct elected mayor and it's something that the people voted for yeah. Uh, but I us. think it's hugely important as well. Uh, another key feature in yeah, the uh, IAG report. And you can give us, yeah. you can give us that yeah. after the break. I want to take a quick break, but I do want to ask our listeners, if you have any questions, this is something that is going to affect everybody living in the Limerick area. If you have any questions for Minister Kieran O'Donnell, please do get in touch with us this morning. You can WhatsApp or text us on 86 123 Okay, we're chatting to Minister Kieran O'Donnell, uh, Minister for Local Government and Planning, uh, about the new directly elected mayor for Limerick and the legislation surrounding it. So, one thing that um, Nigel mentioned at the top of the show, Kieran, was um, this newly elected mayor won't be able to do an awful lot unless they, he has the he or she has the buy-in from the uh, the the staff in the council and the, the elected councillors themselves. How can that be managed? Um, well, certainly when you look at, and, and I'm conscious as well, there, there are two local authorities in the UK, Bristol City and Liverpool, who are actually reversing their decision to be a direct elected mayor. And why? Because that, that level of uh, cooperation and buy-in wasn't there. Uh, in ter- so the council have decided that they're reverting back to what is the current position. So I think what's hugely important here, and that's why I was so uh, determined that we'd have formalised structures, Number a couple of aspects. Number one, and it's probably another reason in terms of the date of the election on, on the same day, it makes sense that the, that the term of the mayor and the term of the councillors coincide in terms of just uh, uh, bedding down and working out a programme rather than coming in during the term. That's one argument. It's not the only argument, mm. but it's just, just a point to note. So I was working from a base. I was hugely respectful of the current uh, status of the councillors and the council chamber, and I wanted to ensure that that was unaffected. So as it stands, the reserve powers the councillors have, passing annual budget, is retained, and we have a speaker and deputy speaker of the house. The mayor brings... Uh, another dimension. So the mayor effectively now, so currently we have a situation where we have a CEO Pat Daly and the council chamber. We will now have a CEO which will now be called a director general but a CEO um, and we'll have the council chamber as normal staying as is and then we'll have a transfer of executive powers in the main from the CEO to the mayor. Not all powers. Uh, what will be retained will be staffing will be retained by, direct, by the, the CEO, uh, being the accounting officer, administration of all his games, signing off and planning. So, essentially, it's, it's the same, really, uh, argument as saying, well, when a minister comes into a, a department, he's got to work with the Secretary-General of the Civil so, Service. So the role, the design of the role, I've designed it, that effectively 
the mayor is like a minister and the, uh, the the CEO would be like a, a general secretary of a government department. Yeah. That's the role. Okay. And and I suppose how how in terms of it working in practice, the mayor will, will is will have a vote. He'll be a member, or she will be a member of the council. They'll be answerable to the council right. every meeting. Uh, so it's very much has to be worked in the partnership with both with the councillors, uh, with the with the national government. But more particularly, I think the huge important thing here. The direct elected mayor has a mandate from the people. Okay. That's the single biggest feature. They have a mandate from the people. We have a lot of questions coming in from listeners and not very much time, Kieran. So I'm going to. A yeah. few of them are kind of along the same line, and it's this one. What about the fact that anyone can run for this? You could have a Patrick Keelty comedian or Mary Black singer or even locally a well known entertainer running for mayor and get elected based on their popularity but would walk into that office and local environment. This is James asking this, but a few others are asking similar questions like how is it decided who can run? Well, the, the structure at the moment is, is that you, it's, it's, the mayor will be a member of the council. So as it currently stands in the council under the rules, if you're over 18 and you're ordinarily resident in, in Limerick, so it's not someone that's coming in from the outside. They have to be basically really? ordinary resident okay. in Limerick. And uh, effectively, uh, they have to be nominated by uh, the, uh, either uh, 60 people around the register of electors in Limerick uh, or they can pay a deposit uh, to run. So if Michael O'Leary decided from Ryanair that he wanted, he, he thought he could fix Limerick. As it stands, know. he's not ordinarily resident in Limerick. Yeah, so, so it's very, run. and that's that's number one. Okay. But, but equally, uh, I have great faith in the Limerick public. Uh, and I think they're very discerning in the way how they elect people. So what we want here, this is basically put forward to bring someone to bring an added dimension. So what does the mayor bring? What the mayor brings is, uh, firstly, they're direct electors. They have a direct mandate. They bring uh, their own budget that they'll get from national government. They bring, in terms of the, the, the command of the office, both at local, national and international level, it's a partnership model. It's hugely important, whoever comes in, uh, that they're w- working in unison with the councillors. The councillors do phenomenal work and very much working in partnership with government as well. But ultimately, first and foremost, their role is to represent the people of Limerick and they're going to get it direct, uh, directly. They're going to get a mandate from the people for that. OK, well, it is a conversation that is going to run and run from now until next June. Can, I, thank, can I just say that, that um, two things... Um, you've been great to cover this story because I think it's something and there will be once the legislation is uh, passed by the House of the Oireachtas there will be a very detailed heavy public awareness campaign that will be done so people will fully understand it and I'm just on a small note can I wish Claire O'Reardon and all her colleagues in the Irish team she's our Limerick representative yeah. we shouldn't forget it uh, uh, in their match with Canada later today Okay, thank you, Minister Kieran O'Donnell. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.